Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scriptures this morning come from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Judea and I plead with Sintica to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, local yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which transcends everything in your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord, we gather again at the beginning of a week. We come to sing your praises, to lay our petitions at your feet, to declare fervently in our hearts what it is that we believe. But now during these moments, as we hear your word read and proclaimed, may we tune out all the busyness of life and focus on the business of your grace the business of your love, the business of your good news, so that we might leave this hour not just as hearers of your word, but more importantly, as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Wind the clock back with me to the late 80s, 1988 to be exact, a singer by the name of Bobby McFerrin penned a song. You know the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. For a few weeks, this Calypso reggae song brought smiles and joy to the world as it topped the charts. Following the destruction by Hurricane Gilbert in Jamaica, This song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, became the unofficial anthem for that country as it began to recover, rebuild, and find a new normal post-hurricane. 
But the catchphrase, the refrain of this song, don't worry, be happy, didn't originate with Bobby McFerrin. It actually has its roots in the 19th century in an Indian mystic by the name of Meher Baba. And Baba, every time he would correspond with his followers, he ended that correspondence with those words, don't worry, be happy. Apparently it took enough of a root that it began to be put on cards and posters that would show up in places much in the same way that keep calm and carry on phenomenon has re-emerged in our society. So this is off of one of those posters that Bobby McFerrin caught those words and put the song around it. Don't worry, be happy. Simple words, yes, but sometimes so hard for us to do, so hard for us to practice, so hard for us to follow. In today's portion of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, his words carry a similar refrain. He is appealing to the church to be in harmony with each other. See, Paul's letter alludes to some disunity within the congregation, so he appeals to them to seek that unity in Christ. They are to remember the lessons and the values of Christ and that which he has taught them, and so in doing so to cast their worries aside and be happy in the knowledge of Christ crucified, Christ risen. But see, I don't think Paul is just writing to the church in Philippi. I think his words were written also for the church of the 21st century, the pandemic church, if you want to call it. Because the church of now is just as divided in some ways politically as our nation is. There are differences of opinions of how to respond to the virus or social justice or even to the election itself. And so God, through Paul, is speaking to us, is speaking to us to rise above the fray, to rise above the noise, the noise and realize that we have every reason to be happy in this life. It's a holy happiness that Paul is calling us to recognize, a holy happiness that God has given to us. And it's in that when we realize if we would adopt and if we would celebrate this holy happiness, our lives our days would be wonderfully filled because we would recognize that that happiness is rooted in Christ crucified. That happiness allows us to cast aside the worries of this world and the worries that come our ways day in and day out. It is in living in this happiness it is in practicing what it calls us to do that we find a blessed peace in God Almighty. In verse 4, we hear those words, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I love the way he writes that because it emphasizes what you and I are to do. I mean, what better admonition for us as the followers of the risen Christ, the followers of the one who died for us, than to rejoice. I mean, think about that word, rejoice. When was the last time that we rejoiced? 
I mean, do we rejoice when we got into the college of our choice? Did we rejoice when we got that promotion that we were after or a really nice surprise bonus? Did you rejoice when you made an A on that impossible test? Or maybe you just rejoiced that you didn't fail the impossible test. Did you rejoice when your team won the championship? Maybe you did. But let me ask you this. Did you rejoice today when you got up, as you wiped the morning fog from your eyes, as you stretched out, as you stumbled through the house looking for that cup of coffee? Did you rejoice that Christ died for you? Did we rejoice that we were alive, that we had something to celebrate, that Christ died for us, and that we could worship him today? Next Sunday afternoon, our confirmands will stand here in front of the altar and they will profess their faith publicly. They will take ownership of that which we have nurtured in them, that their mothers and fathers have been giving them all of the days of their lives. And so they will take that step and they will say that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, that he died for me. But let me tell you what else they're going to hear. They're going to hear right from this place that it's not a one and done event. That we have to claim that salvation each and every day while it has been given to us as a gift. It is not one and done that we just don't rejoice in one moment and then go on about our ways. Think about it. Think about the happiness meter in your heart, how it would feel if you got up tomorrow morning and you said, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because he died for me so that I can have today. And we rejoice further because the anthem of our hearts is simply because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I have no doubt. Because he lives, I live also. That, my friends, is every reason for us to be happy alone. But then we turn a little further in the scriptures to verses 6 and 7. And Paul writes, do not be worried about everything or anything. Instead, take your concerns and wrap them in prayer and give them over to God. You see, worry is nothing more than anxiety run amok in our lives. It keeps us from seeing the blessings that God has given us. It keeps us from seeing the joy around us. It takes our eyes off of that which matters most. Paul tells us to give those worries to God in prayer because God will shoulder those burdens. Now, it doesn't mean that we just give it over and don't do anything and just sort of sit back and wait like we're on a cruise ship. No, we've got to do our best. So if we want to pray to do well on a test, we've still got to study. We've got to put ourselves in life all the way in. We must do our part but when we've done our best, we've got to cast the worries over to God and let God carry them for us because that's what he offers to us. See, what we know is that God will redeem the trials and the tribulations of this world 
because we have a God that will redeem any and everything. For example, God is working through the very nature of the pandemic even as we speak. No matter what trials we face, God is redeeming that. God is pointing out to us what matters most. God is lifting up new leaders to carry us forward. God is helping us see ways in which we can build the kingdom anew in the post-pandemic world. And so what we've learned much about ourselves and what is important is God redeeming this season in our lives. And so if we are bold enough to listen, if we are bold enough to follow, if the church is bold enough to do that, if we are bold enough to cast the worries about what the future will hold and focus on now and the work that is before us, focus on spreading God's gospel message of love to all the world, that in that moment those worries don't matter and what really matters is the opportunities right in front of our faces. And there is joy in that. Because God has said from the very beginning of time, do not worry about tomorrow. It has enough worries of it its own. Focus instead on today. And when we focus on the blessings of today, we find a joy in our hearts. But in this text, in these nine passages, these nine scriptures, these nine verses, Paul is issuing for us a call to action because it's not just enough for us to rejoice and to worry not, but there is a happiness there. He challenges us to find that happiness within ourselves and that when we do that happiness, what we realize is that it's God's peace in our hearts. And that peace comes from living our faith. So we read in verse 8, do that which is true, do that which is honorable, do that which is just, which is pure, which is pleasing, which is admirable, which is excellent. See, my brothers and sisters, God is calling us to live faithful lives. And living faithful lives means that we have to practice them. We can't just be hearers of the word. We've got to do the other part. We've got to be doers of the word. That's why we remind ourselves of that each and every week when we're here in worship. That we take what God has speaking into our souls and we put it in practice out in the world around us. So when we do that which is true, that which is honorable, that which is just, that which is pure, pleasing, admirable and excellent there becomes in our hearts this overwhelming sense of joy this overwhelming sense of happiness in living our faith just ask any of the folks that practice it on a daily basis ask the prayer warriors of our church who love nothing more than the challenge of praying for a better kingdom here on earth ask them that they will tell you that there's so much joy to give them something to pray for because they will spend time on their knees and wear out their jeans praying for the problems of this world. Or ask the mission trip junkies, you know those people that have got a bag packed ready to throw some tools and a toothbrush in it to go anywhere where there is need. They enjoy practicing that part of their faith. 
or Bible study scholars, those people that like to get really deep in the weeds and the, the scriptures and they find a nuance to what that passage means for their lives each and every day. There's a joy in that. And for those of us that pour our hearts out, spreading God's love in the kingdom around us, there's so much joy trying to empty the cup only to find that God's spirit refills it to an overflowing point. See, when we live our faith, when we practice our faith in the marketplace, in the schools, in the world, in the neighborhoods, on our families and all around us, there is a happiness that cannot be contained. Don't worry, be happy, he said. It seems so simple and yet when we really break it down, we realize that it's really the most wonderful gift that we can have to be happy in God's spirit. I don't know what the week is going to bring us. I never know when I stand here on Sunday morning what's going to happen five minutes after I walk out the door or what's going to happen in the days and weeks to come. I can plan my week out. I can put it on my day timer or an index card or on my phone and I can look at my schedule and I can tell you what's supposed to happen. But I can tell you this. No matter what happens, whether it's supposed to or it's serendipitous or it's something completely unplanned, we shouldn't worry. Instead, we should be happy if and only if that we understand our lives are rooted in Christ crucified and raised from the dead for us and for all the world. Only if we realize that God is with us no matter what, walking side by side and no matter what may befall us, God will redeem it. And that if we live our faith, even in the midst of a storm that may befall us, that we will find a joy because we know our feet are standing on solid ground. And it's in that moment that we discover that we have every reason to be happy no matter what is swirling around us. And that we say rejoice again. Rejoice again, I say rejoice, because God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.